Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. I hope you are. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. Maggie, hi. <laughs> Marley, what's up? How's it going? Welcome to the All Bodies on Bikes podcast. What a fun thing to say. I, it's re- it's honestly hard for me to believe that we're actually. I was going to say, right does now. this feel exceptionally surreal to you right now? It does. But hey, let's get into it. Uh, let's go. Welcome. Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides are celebrated. I'm Marley. And I'm Maggie. And I, we are so excited for you all to be here today. So um, please feel free, wherever you're chiming in, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook, um, ask us questions. We will be able to see those and we'll be able to pepper them in as we chat about things. So really, really excited to see those come through. Um, we've got a really, really exciting guest for you today. Um, we do. But before we get into that, um, let's talk a little bit about what this podcast is going to be. Let's do it. Um, so the trailer is already out. Um, maybe you've listened to it. I feel like it gives a, a good little preview. But for some folks who are just now joining us, welcome. Um, Maggie, tell us a little bit about what they can expect on our podcast. Uh, I mean, like the main point of our podcast is exactly what you said when we started. All bodies are good bodies. All bikes are good bikes. All rides should be celebrated. So this is just going to be a place to encourage everybody in joyful movement. Uh, for yes. Marley and I, that is bikes most specifically. There are other things for sure. Uh, but that is that is how we got to uh, All Bodies and why we're here to hang out and chat with you guys tonight. Yeah, definitely. And you might be thinking like, oh, God, another bike podcast. Like, don't we have enough <laughs> uh, of those? Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah, there are a lot of bike podcasts out there. Um, but this one, our goal is to be different. Um, we want to share stories that you might not hear normally. Um, We want to talk to folks who you might see out at events and be like, I wonder what that person's story is. Our goal is to hear those stories and to tell those stories. Um, Really importantly, we're not a weight loss podcast. No, we We don't care what your body looks like or any of that. Um, We're also not a fitness podcast. We're not going to tell you, um, you know, how to get faster or leaner or any of that stuff. Um, We might have guests that talk about increasing your speed or performance or whatever, but at the end of the day, um, we are here to celebrate joyful movement. I think the thing that always makes me nervous is when anybody uses a number, like you're, you're never going to tune in and hear, here are the 14 steps to get 15 seconds better at 37 different things. That's something that always makes me nervous. <laughs> and I don't, we're not, that's not why we're here. So. Definitely, definitely. So before we bring our guest on, um, just really want to say special thanks to Feisty Media um, for helping Ooh. us do this. Um, Maggie and I, turns out, have no idea how to put on a podcast um, besides just talking. But thankfully, Feisty Media is here to help us. Um, they've also got some other really, really good podcasts. So 
um, highly encourage you to check those out. They've got um, lots centered around women's performance. They've got one about menopause, triathlons, all sorts of good stuff. Um, also, for those of you who are tuning in, you have an opportunity to win some super sweet prizes, um, an entry to the Gone Graveling Festival, an all bodies on bikes bag, or one of five pairs of Gooder sunglasses. So keep an eye out on your email after the broadcast. Um, we will notify winners there. Um, and Maggie, where can folks find the podcast? Um, wherever you like to find podcasts, we're going to be on all the platforms. Uh, we're going to be on Apple. We're going to be on Spotify and I could keep listing them if I had enough time. Um, uh, but yeah, if you've ever listened to a podcast on a location, we're also going to be there. Yes. So, um, do this with me. You're going to pull out your phone. Um, you're going to open up your podcast, uh, player. Um, I actually tend to use, I tend to switch between Spotify and Apple podcasts. Spotify is like my fun playlist or my fun podcast. And Apple is like my serious businessy. So, okay. you know, whatever you choose, um, you're going to go into your app and you're going to search all bodies on bikes. And then you're going to click the, I think it's follow. Um, yeah. And the more folks that follow us, the better, um, you know, set it to automatically download, store up those episodes. Um, we will be releasing new episodes on Wednesdays, uh, starting okay. this Wednesday. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And once you follow us and if you subscribe, those episodes will magically show up on your phone. So should we bring our guest on? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Um, so today's guest, you all know her. Um, she is our co-founder of All Bodies on Bikes. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read a little intro um, because Kaylee might be like one of the most accomplished humans I know, uh, <laughs> but she's very humble about it. So Dr. Kaylee Kornhauser, and we'll talk about that, uh, is the co-founder of All Bodies on Bikes and a lover of all types of biking. Kaylee is an advocate for body size inclusion and has shared her experience as a fat cyclist through many outlets, including Bicycling Magazine and the All Bodies on Bikes film by Shimano, which I just rewatched before we got on here to like remind me of where we came. And I have some questions for you, Kaylee, uh, going back to that film. So we'll get there. Uh, when she's not biking around her new home in D.C., you can find her working as a facilitator for the U.S. Department of the Interior. Welcome, Kaylee. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm already cracking up. <laughs> you do have great banter. It's going to be such a successful podcast. Oh, thank you. I've been listening to a lot of Maintenance Phase because I love their banter um, and just trying to like do my best Aubrey Gordon. You, you're doing it. I'm so impressed. This is so professional. We've dreamed of this day and here it is. So it's so wild. Yeah. Um, so question for you, Kaylee, let's just start with the, the basics. You're now a doctor. Tell us about that. Yes. Not a medical doctor. Uh, <laughs> doctors. Just to be clear, I have a PhD. All doctors are good doctors. Yeah. All doctors are good doctors. I don't know. Actually, you're right. That's not true. Not true. Not All true. Dr. Kaylee Kornhausers are good doctors. Thank you. I have a, yeah, I've got a PhD in forest ecosystems and society now. Cool. Uh, and basically I, I studied the people who manage forests and other types of natural resources. And now I facilitate groups of people who are trying to find some agreement around what to do with our national parks and our, you know, land managed by Bureau of Land Management, Fish and Wildlife Refugees, that kind of thing. That sounds like a big responsibility. Yeah, it's definitely different than 
the bike stuff, I mean, the bike stuff, this is what I always call the bike stuff and then the school stuff, although now I'm done with school forever, which is like sad. Uh, yeah, it's very serious, uh, but it's also very fun. And I feel like it's very impactful, which is also why I love this type of work and yeah. what you all are doing. So, oh, Well, you're included in that as our co-founder. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, have you gotten a chance to ride around DC at all? You said it's your new home. So you moved yeah, from- I just moved here from Oregon. So it, it could not be more different. Um, I was living in a small town in Oregon and now I'm in Northern Virginia, just outside of DC. Uh, and I did not know what the biking was gonna be like. It's a lot of bike paths. There's a lot of fun city meetup type of rides that we're enjoying, my husband and I. And then um, we've gotten out into this area called Loudoun County, which has just this amazing network of gravel roads from the 1700s. And it's really cool. Uh, It's totally different. Like in Oregon, when you're on gravel roads, you're like out in forests or out in the country. This is like out in like really wealthy people houses. <laughs> so it's just really different. And the mountain biking is so different. I think it's a lot harder. Uh, but the riding has been, it's been exciting to try all this new type of type of riding and meet people through biking, which is one of my favorite parts of, of cycling. Yeah, same. I mean, that's how you and I met. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was just rewatching the Shimano video and I have one question for you um the tent scene um I mean obviously I was there but I had no idea how much you were actually struggling with your tent did you ever get that pole fixed yeah so for folks who haven't seen the film or it's been a while um I the tent pole thing is I had one of those tent poles that had the elastic string in it but the elastic was totally worn out uh and so I could not get the tent pole to go together and they were the film crew was interviewing me at the time where I was setting up my tent. It was quite a like serious questions and I could not get this tent together and it goes on for like a bit. Um, and so I did not fix it right away. It took me a couple more bike packing trips before I remembered to go buy more of that elastic string stuff, but I did fix it. Nice. And so it's all working. And next time I go camping, I'll use it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I love that, that you didn't just like throw out the whole tent. You were like, no, I can fix the pole. (laughs) It was very easy to fix. Yeah, if your tent pole string doesn't work, you can fix it. (laughs) It was Um, like refolding maps and um, tent pieces. Those feel like (laughs) just cruel jokes, honestly. Yeah, I I can't refold a map for the life of me. No, no. Um, And then... So I've recently gotten into mountain biking. Kayla, you were always the more of the mountain biker. And now that I live in Arkansas, which is calling itself the mountain bike capital of the world, to be debated, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm like blown away by that bridge that you were riding on at the beginning. Like, <laughs> wow. W- what was that like? I had never ridden um, a wooden bridge before, ever before filming that opening scene of All Bodies on Bikes. I had been way too scared to get on something like that. But the director of our film, Zeppelin Zero, is he's kind of a, he's the type of person who can encourage you to do, kind of step outside your comfort zone. And, and I knew what our idea was for the opening of the film, which was to have this kind of like badass mountain bike scene. So I, I went into the day knowing I was gonna do things that were outside of my comfort zone, push myself further than I had. And so I did that that bridge for the first time on film. And I think it's the the clip that they used is the first time I wrote it. 
And then there's a bridge past that that is like much scarier. And I, that was my limit for that day. I said like, no, I can't do it. Uh, but I actually went back six months later with a friend and I did it. And I'm really glad I did both because they've since been removed because they were like a safety hazard. <laughs> so, so, I mean, one of them, you're like 15 feet off the ground on this bridge. So it's definitely like high stakes, you know? And it, so I think it's probably good that they removed it, <laughs> but I'm happy I did it. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Just I rewatching that. Like I said, um, I was just like blown away because if you're not a mountain biker, I had no idea like, how scary it is to actually be elevated on something that small. Yeah, it is. I mean, now when I, I have a more of an appreciation for watching like extreme athletes, which I am not one and what they do because I'm on like a bridge that's pretty wide and people are doing things on much skinnier, you know, elevated things that I would never, I would never do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and above all. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in the intro, um, and I know you and I have talked about this, all sorts of times, but I have learned so much from you about the use of language and the power of language. And I think that you are more eloquent than I am. Um, so you self-describe as a fat cyclist. Um, can you tell us why you choose to use that word and what it means to you? And um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't that? know if I'm more eloquent than you and you certainly have done a okay. great job <laughs> spreading, but I'll, I'll share. I'll share. <laughs> yeah, I, I choose to call myself fat and it's I'm not the first person to do it. And I learned from many people before us who um, kind of are the, the first advocates in this space, but that fat is really a neutral word. And it's, uh, um, it's not, you know, we tend to associate it with negative things like lazy or ugly or, you know, the list goes on and you can I'm sure when you think of fat, you can think of all the negative things that you associate with it, but really it's just about the size of our body. Um, and so I chose to reclaim that word. And I know Marley that you have as well. And I found a ton of power and liberation by using the word fat and taking the negative away. And so if somebody calls me fat now and they're trying to insult me, it doesn't work. <laughs> because it to me it's a word that I call myself it's not something that I I call myself in a negative way yeah yeah thank you um one thing I thought about the other day when somebody was asking me about this I realized that also by like calling myself fat it sends the message that I'm perfectly okay with my body the way that it is right now and I have no intention of changing it that and is a huge thing I think in cycling especially in any anything that is considered athletic or physical, the idea that you're a fat person's doing it because they're trying to get thinner. And that was kind of the first that was my first like annoyance that started to get me thinking like, why am I why am I kind of triggered by that when people think I'm out here to lose weight? And it's because that isn't why I was cycling. Um and and weight wasn't the focus and it was really about joyful movement as you all were were mentioning at the top. I'm, I, I'm curious um, from both of you, actually, because there are some people that if, if you said that to them, you know, that you're a fat cyclist and you're bike because you love to bike and you don't know who you'd be if you weren't riding a bicycle and they're going to get really aggressive about that. And we know how we want to talk to those people. But for the people that just don't know better and they're not they don't bring up the topic to be mean they're just they just don't know better what what's a good way to kindly respond to somebody 
That's a good question. Um, I can try. <laughs> all, all we can do is try. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I yes, for sure. Kind lately. I, I have that. People have been peopling very hard. I don't know if you've noticed that, but they have been on some stuff recently. Yes. I think um, there's a there's some misconceptions about fat and health. For sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of ableism when we think about fat and health. And uh, people are quick to say it's okay to be larger as long as you're healthy. And yeah. we try to push back against that because that's that's ableist rhetoric, right? It's like it's okay to not be healthy and it's not our place to judge people or place value on health uh, the way that we do. So I think yeah. I try to not to not come to that defense, but I also think there's there's just, there's a lot of misconceptions, right? Calories in, exercise, calories out through exercise. And, um, and people think that people, a lot of times will say to Marley and I, uh, and to anyone who identifies as fat in a, in a space like this, like, why? you know, if you cycle more, you're going to lose weight. Yeah, why um, are you still so fat, Marley? If you did a hundred miles of unbound, like, yeah, like you, really you would be, yeah, you must not be telling the truth. Right. And so, um, our bodies are literal evidence against this common narrative. And I think that makes people uncomfortable, but I think it also, I don't want to then jump to like, well, then I, you know, you should think I'm okay because I'm healthy. Like only a healthy person could ride their bike a hundred miles. Like I, I guess, it, so that's why it's difficult to answer your question, Maggie, because so quickly we jump to these narratives that then put other groups of people down to try yeah. to elevate ourselves. Yeah. I've, I've thought about this a lot. Sorry if I just interrupt you, Maggie. Um, I think we have to be really careful in the space that we're working in with all bodies on bikes because there's often an association with riding bikes or exercise with the fitness, weight loss quote unquote health industry. And at the end of the day, you know, as we're establishing ourselves as a nonprofit and as a real organization, being really clear with our values of like, no, we want to empower you to ride a bike joyfully. Whatever your reasons for riding that bike, those are yours and yours alone. Like we don't care. I don't, I don't even yeah. want to get into it, but like, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of assumptions that get made because we, you and I, all three of us, we all ride our bikes a lot. Um, so it's like, Oh, I, people apologize to me. You know, I was on a long ride yesterday and people were like, oh, I haven't on a, been on a bike in so long. I'm so bad. And I'm just like, mm, I don't actually care at all. Like, are you a good person? Cool. That's what matters. Yeah. I also think this is a great question, Maggie. I think one thing I like to pose to people is how do you come to, to move your body? Do you come to, to movement through punishment or because you think you're supposed to do this as like almost like a ritualistic way to change your body. For me, that is not a motivator. Uh, another thing that isn't a motivator for me is getting faster or better. Like that's not going to motivate me personally to move my body on a bike. But what is going to motivate me is that I have a lot of fun and I make community and I meet people and I see beautiful things on my bike. And so motivating through joy is for for me and I think for other people that that we don't tend to think of as athletes that is what brings them to cycling it's what brings them to all sorts of types of movement so I I always try to frame that to people um who ask these types of questions too definitely 
Karen brings up a good point about shame. I think there's a lot of shame that brings people into riding bikes or trying to get healthier or whatever. Um, on your point about motivation to get faster, Kaylee, um, I, I feel very much the same way, um, especially when I've got like, I don't know, I'm at the back doing party pace, even though, okay, let's talk about party pace in just a second. We're going to, we're going to sidebar. <laughs> on <that>. um, <laughs> but um, so yesterday I was doing this like 36 mile ride and there was a weather system that was going to move in around like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. So yesterday I was actually wishing that I was faster so I could be done with the ride before mm -hmm. the weather moved in. And I was like sad because I got back to the brewery where everybody was finishing up. And they're like, oh, Marley, you're so wet. You must be so cold. We got done before the weather. And I was like, cool, good for you. Like, that must feel great to be dry. <laughs> Sometimes I do wish I was faster, like motivation. Yeah. But, like, that's not my true motivation. It's it's oftentimes very um, in the moment of, I wish I wasn't cold and wet, but I enjoyed every second of that ride, actually. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about All Bodies on Bikes. Um, so, you know, you and I did this film together uh, two and a half years ago now. It came out almost two years ago. Did you ever envision things going this way? Or, you know, what was what was your vision for what was going to happen after the film? You know, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love think that. If it, I think if... I would have been absolutely blindsided, but I had you as a partner in all of this, Marley. So I think you saw what was coming more than I could have. And so we had a little bit prepared. I don't think we had any idea. We had no idea. <laughs> Good morning, America. Like, like what was actually coming? No, but we were prepared to like get a few more Instagram followers. <laughs> Maybe do a podcast interview, but not like have a podcast or a nonprofit or be <laughs> like, we have done multiple more videos now, you know, like that type of thing. I mean, the fact that we both had to sit down and think, is this going to be our full time thing now? Um, yeah. And, and that we came to different conclusions and we, I, we've supported each other and worked through that. And that's, I think like, no, I didn't expect it. It's been an amazing like just the most wonderful opportunity of a lifetime that totally surreal, right? I don't get to do <laughs> and I'm also just grateful to have a partner in it and now this much bigger community of people well, let's uh, talk about that um yeah. we've mentioned the nonprofit a couple of times um so can you if you're willing to bring us up to speed I mean obviously I, I can Maggie can but it's always fun to hear from you about where all bodies on bikes is at now where we're going um yeah, all that stuff. Man, we're like a real deal thing now, you know. So <laughs> official. We have mugs, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So it took us a little bit, but we now have a, a group of people that we've called this leadership committee, and we've got this executive committee, and we're we're very close to being an official nonprofit within the next month or two. We'll be there, and we've. Um, so that's really amazing. And that's going to allow us to have the infrastructure to make this a long-term thing where we uh, have programming throughout the country and, and in other countries and have the type of support that just Marley as one full-time person could not like, couldn't do because nobody can do it. Marley can do like a lot, a lot more than one regular person, but <laughs> not, 
the whole, you know, not everything. So we've got that. We've got chapters. We have 10 chapters right now mm -hmm. and all over the country that have all kicked off. And Maggie's, and Maggie's actually one of our so chapter leaders. <laughs> I am. Tell us about your chapter. Sorry to interrupt you, Kaylee. No, go. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm located just north of Charlotte, North Carolina. So yeah, we've got a chapter. We did our first ride the day after Thanksgiving, which was fantastic. And then um, planning, uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna take our bikes on a date night for Valentine's Day. Is gonna be our next our next big ride. We're I gonna go that. to. I was like, you know, Valentine's Day. You need flowers, chocolate, dinner. So we're gonna go to a botanical garden and then a bakery and then a brewery, and it's gonna be amazing. That is such a good idea. And I'm so excited. I might have to plan myself a date like that. Um, this is off topic, but who would I be if I didn't go off topic? I haven't been on a date in so long. You need to date yourself, Marley. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> yourself, yourself and your bike. My bikes, I do spend the most time with my bikes rather than any other person. Um, now, do you anyway, name your bikes? I don't. I know you do. What are your bike's names? Okay. I do. So my gravel bike is Gigi because mm -hmm. if you're just looking at her, it looks like it's just a black bike but when you get it in the sun there's like these green stripes that are super subtle and I'm like this girl's fancy her name's Gigi uh and then I just got my first mountain bike which is a Kona and I got it at the beach and started like looking up some names and like some deeper meanings and I think I landed on her full name thank you because I'm that level of something um her full name is Kai Kona Okay. Uh, but she just goes by Kai, which is, is, I think it means like water or ocean breeze. One or one or both of those. Uh, so I have, I have Kai and I have Gigi. I love that. Wow. And Maggie, you ride Kona bikes too, right? Sorry, not Maggie. Oh yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I've got a Kona mountain bike as well, but it doesn't have a name. And it has the bad yeah. names I call it when I'm frustrated. <laughs> Maybe I would take better care of my bikes if I named them. Then I would feel bad, like, putting her away dirty and wet like I did yesterday after my ride. I mean, you know. Always. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I never clean my bikes. <laughs> Do you are we supposed better? to? You are supposed to. Maybe we can talk about that. Oh, my gosh. Like why you want to clean your bikes and, like, yeah. all sorts of parts. So one thing that I learned a ton about from you, Kaylee, I'm totally not going off the script and questions but is about some of the weight limits uh, for components. Um, you were one of the first people that really talked about brake pads and people yeah. in bigger bodies. Can you tell us about your experience in Alaska? Yes. So in 2018, I rode my bike with a friend. She was on a different bike. You know, we each had our own bike. <laughs> wasn't a tandem. Uh, we rode our bikes from Seward up to the Arctic Ocean, so across Alaska. It was a thousand miles. That's and, amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. And the first Especially. 500 miles was on pavement, but the second 500 was on um, the Dalton Highway, which is like the Ice Road Truckers Road, if you've ever seen that show. In the summer, it's just a gravel road, but it's like, it's a beast of a road. Um, and up there you go over the highest mountain pass in Alaska and um, it was on the descent of that mountain pass that I had no more brake pads and that was not the first time that I had no brake pad left and I had replacement brake pads but um, it was 
it was the second or third time where I'd had like a pretty scary incident where my brakes stopped working. Mm. And I kept being told by people at bike shops and friends of mine that knew more than me about bike mechanics that I was either, I had to be using my brakes wrong because there was no way I could go through brake pads as quickly as I was. Um, and that's such a wild concept. That, like, what's that? It's such a wild concept to be using your brakes wrong. Like if you're stopping, yeah, isn't that using them correctly? I get, yeah, I mean, there's a safe way to use your brakes, but not a way that would make them, I, I guess if you really rode your brakes a lot, I don't know oh. what, what they were insinuating, but um, but then I, it dawned on me on that trip that the reason I was going through my brake pads more than the people who had been telling me how often you were supposed to change them is because I weighed more than them. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, I'm not a physicist, but I, I can do the math there and <laughs> think, you know, that's, that's what's going on. So. Yeah, that totally <laughs> um, makes sense. That Yeah. And so it's yeah. not a huge thing. Changing your brake pads out is not difficult and it's pretty, it's pretty inexpensive. Um, but it's something that we, you know, we realized and then Marley and I went on to do a lot of presentations for folks in larger bodies that it's a good idea to change them out more regularly or keep an eye on it if you're a larger rider. And it's not a it's not a huge thing, but it's something to keep in mind, just like lots of parts on a bike are weight bearing. Uh, and so it's important to know those weight limits or be kind of keeping an eye on on things like that. So. Yeah, learned the hard way. Luckily, I didn't get injured. Yes. We're very grateful for that. Yes. Um, kind of on that topic. So um, I put a story on Instagram, on the All Bodies on Bikes Instagram today, asking folks if they had any questions for you. And one of the questions we got was, as a, it's from Jen, um, as a larger rider, what are some of the ways that I can alleviate butt pain when I ride indoors? I know you ride a trainer occasionally. Um, yeah. Any suggestions? I will, I will say, I have a question for you two. I think that riding indoors hurts your butt more. I think because you're not moving around as much. Like, so. I would agree. First off, yeah, like your butt hurts more inside than outside. But I think it's really, for me, it's important to wear bike sh padded bike shorts inside. And I know a lot of people don't when I go to like a spin class. Um, people are just in leggings. And I'm always surprised and really impressed by people who can do those classes without padded bike shorts or even just ride their trainer. I, I need to be in bike shorts, but I also ride with the same saddle inside that I do outside. Mm. Um, and I know you all are going to do a whole episode probably on saddles. So we don't, I don't know if we have to get, let's, let's talk about it now because that's yeah. The yeah. most frequent questions I know I get. I don't know about you, yeah. Maddie, but like when I tell people I'm a cyclist, they're like, how do you do that? It hurts my Ugh. butt so yes. bad. Totally. And I never, I just don't even know where to start with that conversation. Like, what do you say to that? Well, I first take a look at their bike seat if I can see it. <laughs> um, I think for larger riders and for more casual riders in general, the advice that a lot of people have gotten or think just logically is that a bigger, cushier, wider saddle is going to be more comfortable. But it, that could not be further from the truth. Um, and as you both know, it's really about your sit bones and where and how wide apart they are. Um, and saddles that are cushier are not always going to be more comfortable. It's a lot of friction. And, um, and over time, and it's not that long of an amount of time riding your bike, um, at, you know, even after an hour, it can be really painful. And so I always 
I try to, to tell people and I try to have them try out my saddle, you know, obviously it might not be the right size, but it's, it doesn't have as much padding. Um, and yeah, I see something about like a bike fit. I think it's, um, it's really helpful if you can to go get a bike fit and a saddle fit is a lot easier and faster and is usually free. Um, and you really, you just sit down on this pad and it shows you what size saddle you need. Um, and just because you have a bigger butt does not mean you need a bigger saddle. It's really about those sit bones. It has nothing to do with the size of your butt. So yeah. that is, that's the key. Oh my gosh. Kaylee Kornhauser taking us to uh, Dr. Kaylee Kornhauser taking us to saddle school. Um, <laughs> one other tip that I think, I don't know if I learned it from you or from somebody else, but um, you're not married to your saddle. You can try it out. Um, you can try out different saddles. You can ask for demos. Um, before you buy it. Um, and most saddles often will have a 30 day return policy too. So make sure you keep your receipts and you don't have to be uncomfortable on your bicycle. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I think another thing is like, we mean it when we say all bikes are good bikes. If there's a spot to sink some money into, it's going to be the places where you spend the most time in contact with the bike. And the saddle is definitely going to be way high up there on the list. So yes you know, whatever bike you're on, if you've been rocking it for 30 years, go find a place that will measure your sit bones and invest in like, oh good, maybe it costs more than the bike ever thought about costing. Um, but if you're going to be that much more comfortable on it, <laughs> that's an easy decision. Yeah. And then it makes the bike riding enjoyable as well. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we had a question come in from Beth um, who asked about bike brands that make higher or other bike companies you recommend that offer bikes with higher weight limits. Um, I've got a couple brands in mind, but I think before we get into brands, steel is going to be your friend. Um, if you can find a steel bicycle, it's going to be, um, hopefully stronger welds, um, but also just a higher weight carrying capacity. Um, and you know, before we get into brands, even how like bicycle weight limits are oftentimes really hard to find. And I think we touch on this in a future episode. Um, but you're going to want to look in the owner's manual. So you can often Google that before you get there. Um, so um, yeah. what brands would you guys recommend? Well, I think an another general point is that bike brands are doing better at increasing their, their weight limit. And I would attribute some of that to the pressure that All Bodies on Bikes and Marley has put on bike brands to really? do that. Um, yeah. And so they've, they've gone up, you know, I, like we said earlier, I ride Kona's mostly and they have a weight limit around 300 pounds that can go under or over given the, um, which type of bike you're on. Uh, but it's also important to remember that if you're getting into like touring or something, or even just like commuting to work or school and you're going to have heavy bags that counts towards your weight. And so, um, it's, you know, that you can get up to that weight limit pretty quick. Um, a lot of people can, and some bikes and some wheels, um, come in a lot lower than that. And so, yeah, like you said, Marley, important to look at the, the manual, but steel bikes are, are the best friend, uh, or titanium if you're wealthy. <laughs> um, I ride Cannondale. Um, I'm sponsored by Cannondale. Um, shout out to them for keeping me on some pretty sweet bikes. And their weight limits are up around 300 pounds as well. 
Um, I am on my first carbon bike in my life yeah. and I was really nervous. You know, I was having, they were telling me what bikes they were going to send me. I was like, I'm sure it's going to work. And they were like, well, we're not going to ask you how much you weigh, but the weight limit is 330 pounds. Will that work for you? And I was like, yeah, it definitely will. Um, there's a couple other brands that I would recommend. Um, one that just got in touch with us called Workman Cycles. Um, we can link to it from our Instagram. Um, they started out making bicycles for um, like industry use. So um, actually like in warehouses, moving things around. Um, so I'm thinking about Galen's comment. Um, he's 6'2", um, 600 pounds plus, looking for a trike with an electric assist. And Workman Cycles would probably be the one to go to on that. Um, you know, other brands to think about are Surly, um, All City. And then I think one that's often overlooked is um, kind of the old school 90s era mountain bikes. Um, so they were often made out of steel. They often have 26 inch wheels um, and they're often super, super strong. I should, there is a comment about the weight limits only apply to road bikes. Um, no. No, they apply to mountain bikes. They apply to gravel bikes. Mountain bikes um, have similar weight limits to road and gravel, although they seem kind of like heftier looking. And um, the suspension or the shock is also oftentimes uh, something that doesn't necessarily have a weight limit, but it's loaded. You know, it's put air pressures put in based on your weight. And so you need to be aware of that when you're getting that bike set up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so not to switch gears, but kind of to switch gears a little <laughs> bit. Um, and Erica, we'll definitely get to your question about chamois cream. Um, Kaylee, what is your dream day? Actually, I want to know this from Maggie too. Um, what does your dream day on a bicycle look like? You want to go first, Maggie? <laughs> um, sure, I can do that. Uh... <laughs> Dream day on a bike. So this is my, this is, this is my opinion and in, in no way reflects anybody else's anything. Um, but I, I am gravel, like die hard gravel. Uh, my opinion, my, my point of view is that like the, the catchphrase for road cyclists is bitch can't catch me. The catchphrase for mountain bikers is hold my beer. And the catchphrase for gra gravel cyclists is I wonder where that goes. Uh, and I just, I love that whole vibe. And so anytime I can be in a spot and it's just woods as far as the eye can see and you're on a gravel road, I there's literally not much past that. If you throw in some decent chances at really good wildlife interactions, then yeah, I can die there pretty much. Um, What's so, the wildest animal you've encountered? Oh, so we, we got to see it from a far enough distance that it was cool. But my first bike packing trip, um, we, we did end up seeing some bears. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, like, I think the best part of that was we were having breakfast at this little restaurant. And as you both, I'm sure know, if you're on a bike that's got lots of stuff on it, everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to have a conversation. And this gentleman started talking to us and he's like, have you seen any bears? And we were at the beach. So we're both like, no. <laughs> He's like, really? I live about five minutes down the road and I've already seen eight this morning. Have a great day. And so we got back on our bikes and we put on the loudest music we could find on our Bluetooth speaker and pedaled faster than we had the entire trip. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely the bears. But again, like they were just close enough 
to where you could be like, I don't think those are dogs. I think they're actually bears. We got to, we get to say we saw bears and we didn't have to be afraid. That's wild. I've never heard of bears by the beach. (laughs) It blew my mind. And we stayed with a, like a, a friend of mine and she was like, yeah, well, when you're biking in this section, you need to watch because the red wolves have started mating with the coyotes and they're coming up with this whole new, and I'm like, you didn't, I didn't need to know that actually. Just, you should have just looked at this stretch and been like, if you see a dog, pedal faster. Like, you know, that's all I needed. That's what I need. I. <sighs> wow. So, wow. good friends. Remind me to bring bear spray if I go bikepacking with Maggie. Yes. Just in general. A bell and a Bluetooth <laughs> speaker. Um, so, Kaylee, what does your dream day on a bike look like? Man, I love everything Maggie said, but I would add, like, a stop at a bakery. Um, I I love gravel biking, especially with, a like, a group, a small group of friends and something you know something where we have a goal that's halfway that is a cinnamon roll or something like that um yeah and i saw in the the chat here something about a single a little bit of winding single track and i could not agree more i love like popping off the gravel road a little bit of adventure back onto the gravel lots of forests not too many steep uphills that's kind of perfect yeah not too hot you know (laughs) Yeah. I'm like the fair weather, you know. <laughs> and that's your dream day on a bike. So yeah, dream well, day. You know? Yeah, it's like 60 and yep, everything's going well, no mechanicals. And I'll add my craziest animal I saw was a muskox, which is like a you should just Google it. It's like yeah. a, it's like an Arctic bison. Oh my god. I saw it on the bike and I thought it was a grizzly bear, but it was a muskox and which is they're like chill. They're kind of like deer on the side of the road. So that was yeah. a good one. The scariest animals I've been in on a bike was a herd of wild horses with a bunch of, of is it colts when they're babies? I don't know, yeah. but they were pissed. They were, I thought we were going to get attacked by horses. Oh my gosh. Horses hate bikes. So that was they do. Um, So do cows. I've learned that actually that's not true. There's some cows. So down here in Arkansas, there's cows everywhere um and some cows are really curious they'll come up to the fence as you're going by and like want to look at you and then other cows just run away yeah you try uh, singing they love to hear singing Ooh, i should i have a really bad voice that's okay they don't they're cows i don't sing but i also can't pass an animal without talking to it you do sing maggie I do sing, but like when I see animals, I will stop singing to be like, Dave, how's your day? Oh, Are you having fun? That looks like some good grass, bud. You have a great day now. I'll see you next time. Gotcha. It's bad. It's bad. Marley, uh, what's your perfect day on the bike? What's your perfect day? Oh, gosh. Um, similar to both of yours. Um, you know, ride, wake up in the morning, have a nice cup of coffee, a good meal, um, wearing a kit that feels good and actually fits me, mm-hmm. um, which I want next topic to talk about even though we're running out of time um and then just you know going for all day whether that's 30 miles or 60 or 70 or my body goes all over the place like right now I'm still struggling with knee trouble so like a 25 mile day is a challenging day for me but sometimes when I'm in like been riding a lot a 70 mile day is great so basically going out maybe swimming halfway through the day maybe taking a nap 
Uh, <laughs> and then just hanging out with friends. Um, there's a comment in here that I'm going to show because um, Beth talks about that she always ends up riding alone because she's slow. So her dream day would be to ride with a group of people and long miles on some champagne gravel. Well, Beth is on our steamboat gravel team that's headed to steamboat. Uh, so you will get the chance to do that. Hopefully I can't make any promises, but there will be people your pace. But so yesterday I did this bike race race, quote unquote, it was an event called the rule of 399. And it was a mixture of road gravel and single track. So that was super, super fun. But typically when I go out and do these rides, like when I did unbound last year, I am all alone. I'm just used to riding by myself. So I totally feel you on that. And yesterday, Beth, I don't know what magical stars aligned, but I ended up riding in a group of like six people. Um, and we were literally the very last people on the course. Um, part of that was because it started with like a mile long climb. And we all just kind of regrouped at the top of the climb and said, hey, you guys want to stick together? And we had the best day. I like more than once was like, I've never gotten to ride an event with friends before. This is so fun. Um, and like there were times when I like was wishing I was alone when I was like deep in the pain cave and just wanted to put my headphones on. And then I was like, Marley, get out of your head. Like you're riding with friends. Like this never happens. Um, so I'm hopeful that as like, you know, all bodies on bikes grows and more and more folks of all sizes and shapes and paces are out there that we all start to have that opportunity. Let's talk about chapters a little bit. I'm seeing some some chatter and some some conversation about that. Um, so right now we have 10 chapters. Um, Kaylee, do you want to talk about, you know, what our plan is for those and expansion and yeah. Yeah. So we're starting with these 10. And like we mentioned earlier, we've got, you know, that mostly have all had one ride. Some have had two. Um, and I haven't had any because the weather hasn't been good. Yeah. Which so, fair enough. We launched. Like, oh, we had one. Don't worry. <laughs> they're coming. And they're all over right now in the U S uh, I saw a question about Canada though. And that's definitely um, we're totally open to that. And um, the goal will be to roll out new chapters um, in a bit. But before we do that, we're going to, um, we're actually going to bring together some of the chapter leaders um, from these 10 chapters in Arkansas in a couple months and do some, uh, some kind of community building and some education about all bodies on bikes and how to safely do a group ride. And, um, and so we're working on building that and getting ourselves established as a nonprofit and then kind of sky's the limit. We're, we're hoping to have a whole network of chapters. And so keep, keep us on your mind, keep close watch on the Instagram and Facebook and our website um, because we will be reaching out to get more chapters going. Am I missing anything? No, you're Honestly, right now it's a bandwidth question. Um, yeah. You know, it took us, this long to get this far, I think, because Kayla and I were, we're protective of our baby. We don't want somebody to go on an all bodies on bike ride and get left behind or to yeah. not feel like they're welcomed and feel like they belong. So we're being incredibly intentional about training and making sure that, you know, whoever our chapter leaders are, are fully on board with it. Um, so that's why we're going slow right now. So it's just a question of bandwidth, making sure we do it right. Um, and I hope it pays off in the end. I mean, at the end of the day, none of us know what we're doing. Uh, I've never started a nonprofit. I don't know about you two. <laughs> so we'll figure it out. Um, and we're always open to suggestions or, you know, anytime most of us travel somewhere, we're always down to go for a ride. So reach out if you see us somewhere. Like, you want to go for a ride, Marley? Like, yeah, definitely. Um, 
Karen just asked a question about some group Zwift rides. Um, yeah, definitely open to that. Again, it's a question of bandwidth. So if there's folks that want to take on that task and do the organizing, please get in touch with us and we'll do our best to make that happen. Um, so, yeah. So I, is that with the best way to reach out to the organization with stuff like that? Would that be, do you want us to Instagram message? Is no. there an email address? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Actually, People probably so, in other words, I am so bad at responding to Instagram messages, both on okay. like, all bodies on bikes and on my own. Um, if you're not sliding in there to like ask me on a date, um, <laughs> I'm not responding. No, so you just found out how to get a response. You start it with, Hey, <laughs> Marley, what are you doing Friday? Also groups Zwift rides. Maybe. I don't know. But for real, uh, you should email us, uh, email us at uh, Marley at allbodiesonbikes.com or info at allbodiesonbikes.com. Um, we also, this is pretty exciting. We have a podcast at allbodiesonbikes.com. And one of our goals with the podcast is to like do mailbag episodes. So if folks write in with questions or stories, yeah. we will spend time um, on the episodes opening the mailbag and seeing what's in there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we got just a couple minutes left. Kaylee, I would love to ask you, you know, obviously you're working this full-time job um, with the government. Um, do you have any exciting bike plans or are you getting back to just kind of riding for fun? Yeah, great question. Uh, no. <laughs> I have lots of plans to do a lot more biking around this area um, and yeah kind of getting back into it for me and less for like social media you know that's I'm trying to kind of refocus I actually took the app icons off my phone for social medias and I'm just nice. trying to just go on bike rides and not take a picture of it you know <laughs> you do that did it happen? No, yeah, exactly. So it's easier said than done. But no, there's so much around here. I'm excited to to get to know. There's um, a bike ride that I'm hoping to do once the weather gets warmer along this canal that goes from Georgetown to Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, along the river. So it's like perfectly flat. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> I was a Girl Scout troop last year who was working on training up for that. Oh, heck yeah. About, you know, listening to your body and fueling yourself and amazing. Um, they watched our film and they were so excited for it. So I'll, um, I'll watch the film too and get excited. <laughs> That'll be great. Perfect. Yeah. Other than there that, won't just, be any hills like that. that yeah. Riding fun. city bikes to new restaurants. That's my bike plans. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. What about you, Maggie? What do your bike plans for this year look like? Uh, more bike packing this year. Uh, is my is my main goal. I just I really enjoy that. Um, my my one big trip I've been trying for the last couple of years with my mom to go to a relatively new national park, Cuyahoga in Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember when this why it happened the first time, but I was like, you know what, you never see baby herons. Oh, like have you ever seen a baby blue heron? No. Oh, I saw a big exactly. one yesterday. Yeah. So I I started googling it because I was like, where do all the herons come from? And it turns out Ohio. Uh, uh, this one national park has the biggest like blue heron. It's I think it's called a rookery. Yeah, 
um, in, in the country. So we're going to go, um, it's got a train that runs from the south end of the park to the north end of the park. My mom loves trains. They turned the old train track into a rail trail. I love riding my bicycle. And so she's going to do the train up. I'm going to do the bike up. And then the next morning we're going to get up and go look at baby birds. And that's like one of the things I'm most excited about, I think. Yeah. What time of year are you going to do that? Um, I, I emailed the park. Thank you very much. And had a park ranger respond to me on the best time to see the baby birds. I'm literally pulling it up right now. Uh, from early, I think we're going to go in June. March to April is when they're building their nests. <laughs> I've done my research on the, the baby birds. Uh, April and May is when they start hatching. And then they've usually left the area by early July. So we're going to okay. go like, I think we decided mid-June. Oh, oh my gosh. Be there. I'm going to <laughs> exactly. exactly. going to that. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I, then on top of it, like the, the rookery is here. The next river down, there's river otters. The rookery on the north end of the park stopped like being in full function because there's a pair of nesting eagles. I'm like, you can't, you're speaking all my love languages right now, Cuyahoga. It's a fun word to say, which is also a big deal to me. So that's what I'm most excited about. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Oh. Yep. Bring it on, Kaylee. I'll let you know. I'll send you the exact dates. Me, you, and your mom. We're going. Exactly. We're going. Just gonna hang out. Actually, it'll be great. Maggie's mom joined us last year in Steamboat, and she is oh. amazing. So I think you would get along well with Maggie's mom. And I have a parks pass, so we I can get us in. This is perfect. <laughs> There's Carol. Carol's chiming in right now. <laughs> mom said, let's party. I love it. I'm in party. Let's go. Glenn asked if anybody's doing Grounded Nebraska this year. Um, and I am super excited that, oops, I'm super excited that I will be at Grounded Nebraska. I missed it last year, but I'll be there this year. Um, I'll also be at almost all the big gravel events. So if you're planning and you're coming or you're planning on coming and you're nervous, let me know. Let's go for a ride together. Um, you know, I think people build up these events to be, you know, this huge challenge or this big thing. And at the end of the day, all you got to do is ride your bike. You know how to do that. Eat food, ride your bike. Um, and we'll talk more about this, you know, endurance and fueling and long rides and all that stuff. Um, but you know, we're always out there to have fun. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Kaylee and Marley, yeah. you both get to talk about all bodies a lot. What is something that you wish people asked you about outside maybe of biking that you don't get to talk about a lot? Uh, sustainability. I had an mm, almost okay. 10 year career in corporate sustainability so I know all about like greenhouse gas accounting and uh, the most uh, fuel efficient way to ship your goods from the China to the point of purchase. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why people would ask me about this, but I know a lot about it. Why is I nobody mean, asking me about the most fuel efficient <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Now people are going to ask me, like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Yeah, I could say work. I mean, people don't usually ask us about like our professional, like other job outside of biking, but I, maybe that's fine. I mean, I know a lot about that. And, you know, something I, I like to talk about and write about is land management as it relates to cycling and the places mm. I go and um, land and people management and like the history of people on the lands where I bike. And I usually am like listening to a podcast about 
like the indigenous people from on the, the lands that I'm biking on or, or an immigration story if I'm in Southern Arizona, like that type of thing. And I, I don't always talk about that as much because we're really focused on, on moving our bodies. So I guess that, yeah, yeah. but it's okay. Um, <laughs> you bring up a really good point though. I think one thing that we're going to try and do on the show is talk about the intersectionalities of cycling with all these other identities that people have. Um, so if, like I said earlier, folks have a, a recommendation for somebody to be on the podcast who has yeah. a unique story or an interesting perspective to share. Um, we are totally game for it. Yeah. Um, so finishing up, Kaylee um, and Maggie both, um, do you have a favorite bike memory? Let's all share that and then we'll close this out. Okay. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> I, can, I can share mine. Yeah, go. Go for it. <laughs> so I used to ride with this group in Seattle on Thursday nights, and we were kind of hooligans. Um, we would just ride and go to parks and have bonfires. And they were doing a repair, or not a repair, but one of the big bridges, it used to be the viaduct in Seattle, was closed for, um, they were doing an inspection on it. And this bridge no longer exists. But the ride, there was probably 100 of us that went up onto this closed highway bridge because there were no cars. And in just such typical Marley fashion, like the whole group was probably a half mile ahead and there were like four of us in the back and we took an exit because that's where we thought they had gone. We take the exit and there's a cop just sitting there like, where's everybody else? And we said, we don't know. We just followed everybody and then we got left behind. And I think she felt bad and she let us go. So I don't know, maybe not my absolute favorite memory. There's way too many of them, but one that's kind of sticking out right now because um, it was just a very funny moment. I I like that. And I, I wish I had been on that ride. I know the exact bridge thing, but <laughs> Ryan, I see your comment and I work for the Department of Interior and we should connect on Facebook Add me and we can talk park service and bike stuff. Yes. Yeah. My, let's see, so many memories, but I've done, when I lived in Oregon and Marley's done this ride with me, it was in the film, um, the All Bodies on Bikes film. I could ride from my house to the ocean in a, a one night, you know, just a half day sleep another day. Um, and there's a part of that ride where you come through the forest and you just show up in this really why you know kind of wide open beautiful valley and you always for some reason I always hit it right as the sun is setting no matter what time of year I did it and and I just kept doing that trip over and over and every time I hit that valley I'd always be with a friend or the whole group that I was with and it would just be this really joyous moment you're like a couple miles from the camp for the night and you've just done this like huge climb and feel accomplished and I just I loved that feeling of getting to that valley and so I'm grateful I got to do it five times and I hope I I hope I get to do it again because I every time I hit that you're like coming that slight downhill but it looks flat so you just feel like you're really good at biking oh, yeah. like, <laughs> that's like yeah. that's the best really yeah. fast at biking not really good mm -hmm. <laughs> those are different <laughs> anyways I think that's my favorite I know exactly what you're talking about Maggie what about you uh, <laughs> I'll take uh, it. Think, okay, cool. After we'll go to Cuyahoga and then we'll go there. Uh, <laughs> it'll be perfect. I think my 
That's a great question. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with those. So I, I first started biking because of this really special little two-year-old. It's a very long story. But um, we're going to tell on the podcast. Yes. Yes. We will discuss it sometime soon. Um, but Grace's birthday last year, two years ago, I think uh, I was just very much in my emotions and I worked at a bike shop at the time and all of my friends at the bike shop, we just, I, I planned it kind of a, a week out. Um, and on her birthday, we just, everybody got on their bikes, just in their street clothes. And we just, we rode around town playing like super chill music. We came across a couple playgrounds that we didn't know about. And so all the grownups got off their bikes and they played on the playground. Mm. Uh, I had a tiny plastic Elmo taped to my handlebars. We got back to the bike shop that shares a parking lot with Harris Teeter. We went in and we got like some cupcakes and we all went out and we just kind of stood in a circle and we had a little birthday cake moment. And it was just, that is the experience I've had 99% of the time with cycling people. Um, but those were most specifically my people, but that's, that's my favorite just because it's, it's what we have experienced in cycling it's what we want everybody else to be able to experience in cycling and that moments like that just make why this work is important. So this visceral and like tangible because it's like, ah, oh, everybody needs this. Definitely. Um, and we didn't get back to talking about clothing, but we definitely will. Um, I think we actually have an entire episode on that. Um, yeah. So please make sure you um, like, follow, subscribe, and rate us. It really helps us become more visible to other people. Share this with a friend. Um, and this episode will go live, I think, later tonight once we do all the magic behind the scenes. <laughs> and then Wednesday, new episodes will come out. Um, so Kaylee, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. Yes. Um, thank you to Feisty for helping us kick this off Ooh. to launch it. And thank you to all of you for joining us. This was yeah. way fun. This was a blast. Cool. Um, so for now, you've been listening to All Bodies on Bikes, um, where all bodies like are good buddies. Let's all bikes are good bikes. And oh, all, all rides, rides are good rides. <laughs> nailed it. You nailed it. So there you go. <laughs> I'm really good at putting people on the spot. All right. That is all for now. I hope you all have a great night and share this podcast with a friend or 20. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening.